Welcome to the Watch OK Please podcast, a podcast where three friends try to convince each other to devote what little time they have left to watch more TV and or movies than they've ever wanted to watch. Please join us while we argue about our media cues and waste everyone's valuable time on things that just don't matter. Hey folks, it's Nyan, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Watch OK Please podcast. um, We appreciate you taking the time to listen to three criminally unqualified folks talk about television they think you should watch, despite you having so many better things to do. This week, Scott and I give Dan our feedback on Penny Dreadful. The show was available on Showtime and was available on Netflix at the time we recorded, but now appears to be gone uh, while I'm recording this intro. I will note that we do get a little spoilery on episode one of the show, so if you do not want to get spoiled on Penny Dreadful, please watch episode one before continuing on. Then in a slightly meta pitch, I waste everyone's time by pitching the show Time Wasters, which is available on IMDb TV and Amazon Prime. All right, folks, let's get into everyone's favorite unmitigated disaster, this pointless, pointless podcast. All right, we are back to recap some responses to Penny Dreadful, the TV series uh, created for Showtime and Sky by John Logan, uh, obviously uh, viewable on, uh, on on Showtime and also on, on Netflix now. Uh, but yeah, so we're here to find out um, more about these uh, literary figures as they played across the screen here. So what'd you think? Intense is the first word that comes to mind. Ooh. So, okay, so... I'm sorry, go ahead, Scott, because I, I might say something contradictory. Oh, okay. Well, just, um, you know, they kind of go right into it with this guy whose daughter was kidnapped and Jack the Ripper is killing people left and right. And um, then Frankenstein comes in and creates this guy. Uh, and then the the second episode, wow, that was kind of crazy what happened with uh, Miss, Miss Ives. Uh, so, yeah, it was, uh, it kind of dives right in and uh, really gets to some intense content, I thought. Yeah, it definitely does get real real intense, real graphic right off the bat. Yes. At the same time, um, there's, a, there's a line that Timothy Dalton says in the first episode. He says, do not be amazed at anything you see. And my immediate response was, don't worry, I haven't been so far. Um, <laughs> so, so <laughs> like, I... From the minute all those spiders showed up, I was just like, too many spiders. Just just the concept of Penny Dreadfuls is too much for me. I just, I want to like this. I want to like it real bad. This is is not your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man you're saying. It was not. I love Ava Green. She's great. I enjoy Josh Hartnett. Love Timothy Dalton. And, you know, I just, hmm. It, 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 it was it was funny because I I couldn't get into it as much as I wanted to. Every once in a while, it would kind of pull me in a little bit, but it was it was almost like the show was taunting me. Like what like when they would when they would say like to Josh Hartz's character, they would invite him over to uh, invite him to the um, to their home and then say you should not continue unless you're crazy. And I'm like, are you talking to me? Because pro- <laughs> I know I have, I have to keep going for a podcast. Nobody else. Josh Hartnett <laughs> can leave whenever he wants. Um, but yeah. I, Definitely intense. Like, what else? What else do you have going on with this one, Blywise? Yeah, I'm. 
I, unfortunately, Dan, I don't think I liked it that much. Um, although I think maybe I needed a, a couple more episodes to see if I could, if, if, if it could kind of draw me in with the action. But uh, um, yeah, it just still not quite sure where it was going. And the, like the seance in the, in the second episode that they had just, I wasn't really sure what purpose that served. I actually uh, have a note that says, I know I should not be bored by the seance, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ava Green just um, goes off and has sex with the first guy that she meets afterwards. Like that, you know, no, <laughs> that was so random. It was it's very, like, just very bone random. in the alley, which I, I will give the show this like everyone in this time period is in good enough shape to bone standing up. And that's great. Like <laughs> that is just, that is just a testament to the, um, you know, just the physical fitness of everyone involved in this in Victorian London. Yeah. That, that is pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was, yeah. Like I said, it, it kind of really throws stuff at you. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I, I appreciate their they're sticking with male nudity. Like there could have been a lot of shows that would just, you know, kind of, you know, stick with just the male um, sort of the the, uh, the heterosexual male gaze and focus on female nudity, but they went straight with the male nudity. I'm like, good, good, good. Smash the dominant good paradigm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you could say you're, you're, you're Ray Fiennes with it. Yes. <laughs> Totes. Speaking, speaking of full frontal. But, yeah. I guess and, one of the other things that frustrated me was like that nothing gets done in like one meeting. It felt mm-hmm. it felt like an Indian wedding in that it t- took three days to get anything done. Um, <laughs> like you you would just have a meeting and they'd be like, "Oh, come back, come back later." And I'm like, "What? What is that? People just have time to go and have these random meetings all the time." Like this was driving me nuts. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's quite... a totally different time period for sure. Yeah, I get, you know, there, there's no like, um, you know, text messaging. So I guess that's how people, you know, even if you wanted to say like one thing to a person, you had to go over to their house, like say it and then leave and then come back later. Yeah, so, it, so yeah, <laughs> it, it's true. It's true. I mean, yeah, you, you know, you have to, oh man, I have the address. I have to get in on the horse again, get, get, get in the carriage, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. It's like that commercial. Remember that commercial where the guy, um, if it's for a car, I forget which one, but this guy is texting with his friend and he goes over to the guy's house and he's like, are you answering my texts in person? And he says, yeah. And then, oh yeah. And he just goes and yeah. walks in the, <laughs> that's well, kind of I mean, what this reminded me of. I mean, technically speaking, unless there's a, uh, a, a defined communication, um, venture i mean they could take take things literally you know literally like that and they can say well i'm going to respond to you i mean, I mean again, the expectation is that if you text someone they'll text you back that's the expectation right right but they may they may not be living to that standard so kind, kind of like they have a lot of these characters don't necessarily do the same thing <laughs> and i can't quite so, figure out the uh, egyptian expert guy mm-hmm well, he's not just the Egyptian expert. I mean, again, a, a, they, they, again, a lot, a lot of this, these concepts, again, you know, the, the concept of the occult, I know, um, definitely uh, treaded back to, you know, I'd say Western Europe's understanding of, or lack of understanding of basically in, in the larger realm of uh, of things. So 
Egyptology was very much an extension of kind of, uh, of, of a lot of different things, you know, of mystery and cryptology and, and, and the occult, so to speak, from my understanding, as of the time period. Obviously, now we have a, a lot more kind of, you know, we have more access to information than they did back then. You know, so, you know, Malcolm Murray, a man who's as well traveled as he, you know, he, he has uh, knowledge beyond, you know, well, well beyond of, of pretty much a lot of people that haven't yet gone on safari and, you know, got, you know, pretty much your entire party killed. Hmm. Not, not to mention your son. I guess I could move just switching to a different topic for a second. Um, I, I, I really, I did, I, I do have to say, if we're going to reverse compliment sandwich this, um, <laughs> I'm gonna, I enjoyed the, and I'm not, I'm only spoiling kind of the first episode, but um, the, the Frankenstein monster relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kept waiting for them to bone, but um, <laughs> I just, I don't think they were going to, and that's fine. Like they can keep it platonic. It, it got, it was just so, I, I, I appreciated the level of humanity that they gave to that relationship. Um, at that point in time. Um, and I have to ask, has any, have any of you guys ever seen the show An Idiot Abroad? No. No. Um, so it, the An Idiot Abroad is uh, this show uh, with Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. And they have a friend named Carl, uh, Carl Pilkington, um, who is real dumb. Um, and so what they did was they would just send him, he doesn't like to leave his, like his house. Um, he just likes to go out to the pub and come back. And, and so what they did was they had him host a travel show where they would just send him places they knew he would be incredibly uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> it's actually a, a real fun time, especially if you enjoy Stephen Merchant and Ricky Gervais. Um, but but um, the monster looks like Carl Pil- Pilkington, and that's all I could think of every time. That's um, pretty funny, man. And just how we, how we would be tortured. So it's, this is my way of sneaking in a... Um, a uh, a recommendation of an idiot abroad. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I enjoyed that part I, that relationship. What, by the way, what do you think of that, that sort of dynamic in the, in the show? Yes. I also thought that was an, uh, an interesting relationship between the two characters. At first I was, I was trying to figure out if the monster like had his face or if it's supposed to be just like a completely different person. Well, yeah, I mean, because I think that you know, there's then now we're digging a little bit more into kind of the the concept behind uh, Frankenstein and and what that um, you know, it's kind of like you know, he makes him in his own image, so to speak, um, right. in some ways. So there 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 is a kind of a, a kind of more of a literary commentary that I think that you could definitely hit on hit hit the nail on the head with, so to speak. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that there there is a certain degree of truth to that, um, but obviously because you're you know. Uh, sewing pieces of cadaver back together it's you know it's a it's a it's an interesting situation so to speak it's a, a patchwork atom so to speak <laughs> but it could be a sort of face-off situation yeah that's that is <laughs> yeah. kind of what it reminded me of i was trying to figure out like yeah is this supposed to be him like being narcissistic and like making a newer or a, a, a new version of himself Right. Well, it's also it's also him kind of challenging the the concept of mortality, um, right. because he he by you know because you know you know I mean, I mean not not to go too far out on a limb here basically, but you know you know what is what is science but the pursuit of the impossible, um, 
So it's it's you know it's it's, it's very interesting to see how you know again it takes a certain type of mind sometimes to kind of push the envelope, um, maybe too far beyond where it maybe should be pushed on a moral ethical standpoint. So. And, and that aspect of it did intrigue me to an extent. Um, unfortunately, like because there, there were interesting, compelling parts to this, but it, it, for me, it's not enough to keep me going. Uh, even Billy Piper, who is delightful in this, um, oh, for the, yeah, you know, the, the one of my the favorite favorite of parts of the series, honestly. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, she's great. Um, not that she's great in everything she does, but like she was, she really helped. I think this this series, or at least these episodes that I saw. Um, definitely made it more interesting. And I even said it started to get more interesting towards the end in my notes. So I think this series has promised. I just don't know if it has enough to keep me going, unfortunately. Um, and I wanted it. I wanted to get into it more, especially mm -hmm. since they so liberally used uh, the C word, one of my favorite curse words. Like, <laughs> um, it just doesn't get used enough for me. And I can't say it in polite company or at work. Um, so it's, uh, seeing that on Showtime was great. Um, well, I saw it on Netflix, but you get it. Um, you know, you know. Yeah. Um, but there, there were just some, just some overall, some randomness of the story. Like some of the zooms, I like some of the camera work felt cheesy to me at times. I just hmm. I couldn't, didn't really pull me in. And I'm almost wondering if the follow up, um, Penny Dreadful, City of Angels, I think, um, with Natalie Dormer and, and Nathan Lane, I wonder if that might be more up my alley. So it, 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 it could it could be. I mean, again, I I haven't watched it myself, so I can't I can't give you an honest uh, review of that. But uh, I mean, what I what I what I will say basically is that, um, you know, from when I watched it, basically, you know, I do understand that there are certain elements that are I would say, I don't know, can't be maybe. Um, at the same time, I think that you know, over time, I think that some of these proverbial shortcomings do kind of get ironed out over time, and I definitely do think that that you know. Um, the the first you really need the first two episodes to understand the introductions and the con and the context basically. So it's one of those things basically is that if you do push forward, you know, further into the series, you know, do do things do definitely pick up on an action standpoint for sure. Um, and you know, you obviously over the course of the the seasons, obviously you get more and more, you know, uh, uh, you know, guest shots and a new character, so to speak. But you know, again, it's at the same. Um, you know, at the same time, basically, it's like, you know, I can definitely under appreciate, understand, basically, you know, that, you know, um, you know I was surprised by this series. because I don't necessarily like um, the pseudo horror or suspense kind of things. And I think, that, you know, I think it helps that, you know, I had some familiar faces to kind of bring me into this. And that's kind of like I think what really drew, drew, drew me in, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I definitely would want to try the, uh, the, 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 the new series for sure to see how it compares, basically. Um, across the board here but a couple of things of note i wanted to mention that um at, when this debuted uh, at south by south by southwest uh back in the day 2014 it was actually actually won for the most exciting new series from the critics choice awards um and it, it also was up for a, a number of other awards but mostly in the realms of, in the supporting realms so uh, best costume design make a pair top music production design so to speak so that a lot of the i would say the lesser the lesser appreciator focus on pieces basically definitely got more of, of a nod uh in, in here and again you know not, not that you know they the act the actors and actresses weren't nominated or won in some cases with awards basically but you know i think that you know i think that there are elements of the show like i said that, that I, I was really pretty drawn to a, on a surprise perspective which is why i had proposed it so 
Yep. Yeah, I, I I totally understand what um kind of your the wh how you maybe were drawn to this is because it was not something that you typically would watch, and I think that's the same for me. And you know, I always like to see different kinds of shows and you know different styles, but uh, I unfortunately I have to agree with Nyan, and at least maybe it, it will kind of you know become more coherent as the the season goes along or as the first season goes along but the first two episodes i don't think were enough to really draw me in and i do have to say it, it did um the fact that it was nominated i forget if you said those they won those awards in production design etc like, they won they, they won they won a couple of them they won for let me have a look up here they won for makeup and hair music and production design yeah, uh, that makes sense because from a production design standpoint, music, all that stuff, very on point. Like yeah, in, in that sense, visually, very visually appealing. Yeah, uh, and certainly appreciate that. I mean, from a production design standpoint, I still have issues with the cinematography, no, some zooms and stuff like that that just kind of caught me. But yeah, I mean, I, clearly the 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 effort was put into the show. There's some talented people working on it, just not quite necessarily what um something that's going to pull me along and I, I totally appreciate you putting this one forward and yeah. um but unfortunately it's a now for me dog yeah okay. i would agree all right guys i have a pitch for you but before i get into the pitch i want to ask you guys a couple questions how do you feel about time travel love it same Perfect. How do you feel about jazz? Don't answer that question. I know how you feel about jazz. You hate it. Dan, <laughs> you once traveled back in time to punch Miles Davis in the face. And and Scott, you once burned John Coltrane's house down. So that's fine. I get how you feel about jazz. That's not a problem. But fine. my third question, what, how do you feel about starting over again and trying things new and trying to get them right? That sounds I guess, like a smart idea. Second chances, right? Second chances are amazing. Everyone loves second chances. Exactly. Everyone loves second chances. That's why I'm pitching the show Time Wasters. Uh, it's currently available on IMDb uh, TV for free. Absolutely Power, free. Powered by Amazon. Yes, powered by Amazon. We're um, not sponsored by Amazon, though. Oh, we, we are not be. sponsored by Amazon. We, we will never be sponsored by Amazon. <laughs> that will never happen. Um, partially because of someone I dated in college um, who now works for Amazon. So, um, but... <laughs> I should have been a better person. Uh, that said, um, IMDb uh, TV is free. So when you're not busy trying to figure out who who is in Dude, Where's My Car? Um, you can watch Time Wasters. <laughs> so Time Wasters was um, original. I think it was originally broadcast on uh, British television. And then it was brought over for um, IMDbTV.com. And I think they are actually making a US version of this. Whoa. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like this... This we've done so many time travel shows, so clearly we enjoy them. Um, this is very different in, in terms of the general concept. Um, takes place in the UK with a uh, it's a, a, a jazz quartet um, who uh, who are hanging out and uh, and they. What I really like about this is that I'm not spoiling anything because they don't spend a lot of time with exposition, uh, and maybe that's because of the way that British TV is structured in that it's. Um, at least to date, it's two six episode seasons. So they don't have a lot of time to get it to, they don't have like Canadian time to like spend episodes and episodes like travelers about talking about how, <laughs> how and when this happened. And then, um, 
and you know really get into random backstory and and the nasty market um so they really cut to the chase so in the first like five minutes uh you meet uh the main characters who uh, are part of this jazz quartet um they randomly um run into a homeless guy um i believe it's homeless pete um who tells them he knows about a uh he tells one of the people in, in the jazz quartet that he knows about a time machine. And so they're like, this is insane. Why are we listening to homeless Pete? Um, he's addicted to heroin. Uh, and so they, they're in like um, an estates, like sort of a projects in, in the UK and uh, homeless Pete brings them to um, an ele- a disgusting elevator that smells like piss. <laughs> and so maybe on a lark, they get in the elevator and it turns out it is actually a time machine. Um, and they go back to the 1920s. So they're in the jazz age. They're a jazz quartet. It lit- like the exposition is minimal and it kind of just goes from there. Uh, they're all, they're all, um, they're all, all the, the main characters are black. So um, it's, it does, it, they right away. I mean, th- the race, uh, how race works in this world is um, discussed very quickly and very openly. Um, basically they, they walk, you know, four black people show up in the uh, in 1920s London, and all the white people freak out. Like it's uh, they they seem to handle race very well in the show. I was actually pretty impressed um, because it's very they they make it very apparent. But um, because these guys have just randomly traveled back in time, they're also very familiar um, with what they're able to do as time travelers, and kind of, it's it's amazing. I think the show itself is incredibly sharply written. Um, it, uh, it, it, it moved, it's paced, uh, it's paced really well. It's 30 minute, um, 30 minute episodes. Uh, there are, there is an overall like arc, uh, through seasons one and through season two. Um, and I, I, I mean, my, my Lord and savior, Margaret Lyons of the New York times loved it. Um, there you go. if, if that's not good enough for you, if, if the word of Margaret Lyons is good enough, the season one was executive produced by LL Cool J. Oh, sold me. So, I'm just saying, if Mama said uh, knock anyone out, it would be you for not watching Time Wasters. Well, I, I have to admit that you know because I, I hadn't you know heard a lot of uh, uh, hype or anything about the series. You could say that this series totally came from around the way, girl. <clears throat> well, yeah, they're jingling, baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, so would you would you say that this, so, that so far that this series has come to offer champagne? Yes. One hundred percent. Anyone have any other uh, uh, LL Cool J related puns? <laughs> I want to hear your LL Cool J puns. Ah, oh, you know, I had a couple, but you guys just took them, so I'm all out. Yeah, I, 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 don't you lie to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, you wouldn't believe a man who burned down John Coltrane's house. Oh, well, he, he could say, "Say what you want, but keeps your lips sealed." You know. <laughs> So it, you said there are three seasons, Naya? Uh No, there are two seasons. There could be a third, um, but uh-huh. I, I don't know if there there necessarily will be. Just I, I don't I don't know if it got renewed, honestly. Um, and they might just continue it on in the U.S. Uh, it's it's just so well done. It's well paced. All of the leads are hilarious. Um, the timing with these guys is amazing. It's just so sharply written. And I know it's not Jackson Brown. It's not Bob Seger. And it's jazz, which you guys hate. Um, but, um, honestly, like it, 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 
they do jazz covers of modern songs and it, they're so well done. Like, I, I don't know if these actors actually play the instruments that they're um, that they're pretending to play, but they do a good job with it. So are, um, are these, these so these guys are like a time traveling modern day jukebox? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's yeah, awesome. It's amazing. It That's is awesome. so good. Um, it, you know, the, the, the plot doesn't there is a definite story in an arc. It, it doesn't just kind of meander through like there is a very specific arc and, and how things go. And just um, in, in terms of the, the story structure, it just totally works. Uh, and it's not a big time investment, guys. You're not going to be spending years of your life trying to watch this show. It's so every episode saying, is 30 minutes. So you're saying we wouldn't be wasting our time? That's correct. You would not be wasting your time by uh, watching Time Wasters. You may be wasting your time by listening to this podcast, but but not by watching that show. So That's I'm fair. Just, That's fair. Yeah, All I, right. Neat. So, so, so it sounds like these guys are like... Um, are pretty talented like, I guess the characters they are I mean well they're sort of an amateur band um it's okay. interesting because it's I don't I think in terms of your your guys's hatred of jazz that I made up um <laughs> I, I think I don't know if all the members of the band actually like jazz uh there is the the um the lead um uh, the, you know the, the leader of the band loves it is obsessed with it um and actually loves the fact that he gets to meet um go back in time and really um you know run into people um from the jet like related to jazz that he's only you know heard about other folks are um, other people in the band are like i play other playing an interest instrument in, uh, instrument but jazz is dumb so uh, and they find other other ways to amuse themselves um but they do hang out so it's it's pretty amazing um but that's that that's neat how like they can they, they they've got they've gone back in time like that you know and they've interfaced like a different time period because obviously you know i mean I mean, you know, jazz as it was back then is 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 kind of a different kind of uh, uh, character, if you will, than it is like nowadays for sure. It's true. Yeah. No. It um it definitely they definitely explore that a little bit. Um, they really do they do do well on the um the details of the of the time period. Uh, it seems to be a pretty well researched show, I would say, in terms of the historical details. I mean, I'm assuming that it is because I didn't question anything and nothing immediately jumped out as inaccurate, but I could be wrong about that too. Hmm. So I guess, I guess as far as method, the method time trial is interesting. So it's cause it kind of is a little, little Bill and Ted slash a TARDIS uh, kind of, if you will, as far as form factors concerned, but I guess what are the time travel rules? Are we talking like, are we talking more of a, uh, um, because it, we're not, we're, it's 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 obviously doesn't apply like a la quantum leap or travelers and like that basically. So I'm assuming it's more like Bill and Ted in a lot of ways, like the in rules a, are. In some ways, but they actually like they they spend a lot of time talking about the rules of time travel, and then um, some of the, some people just saying, "I don't care. I'm just going to do what I want anyway." Um, to to hilarious effect, like it just um, <laughs> but it all kind of. So I guess it's sort of a mix of the the Bill and Ted and Travelers versions because they're fully they've seen like tra time travel stuff and Homeless Dave like or or Homeless Pete I don't remember um, Homeless guy knows is very despite being addicted to heroin very well versed in time travel rules he actually gives them a bunch of rules um, wow. so wow. It, it's just funny to watch them kind of play with the genre and um, deal with how all of this you know how the rules of time travel. Um, affect their you know their desires and what they actually want to do and their motivations throughout the show 
Well, because there are definitely folks that are in it for the money and uh, to just mess around. Uh, well, some people actually might want to get home because they're not sure why this stupid elevator brought them to the 1920s. <laughs> uh, it reminded me of Bill and Ted, though, because the time machine is like this rectangular box-shaped uh, contraption. Yes, the shapes are the same. Yes. There are, the, the, I think it also has circles as well. So in terms of the Circle K references, there are probably also circles in the show. I don't think we've got a rhombus, but we're getting there. Like, maybe season three will have a rhombus. Actually, wait. I think there might be a rhombus. There might be rhombus references. Really? Well, I'm definitely yeah. going to be on the, look, on the lookout for that. Yeah, oh, you'll be really excited about a rhombus. That might be another show I was thinking of, but um, hopefully, hopefully I'm right. So... Yeah. So, so as far as who, who who's in it, are the are these uh, actors we may have seen in other British related shows? Or no, these guys didn't really um, hit my radar at all. Um, uh, none of none of the main leads, none of the other actors. Like there was nobody super famous. I mean, they 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 I think they've done work and been around, but um, they're not you know well known names. Um, that said, they they're still incredibly skilled actors. They their timing is amazing. They just do. Um, so I don't think you'll be disappointed. Oh, and since they're not very well known, that means there's a chance they might actually come on the podcast, right? Yes. Yeah. No, they're all going to be on next week's next week's episode. Um, Excellent. Yeah. And they're all going to, well, mostly because they know how much you hate jazz, um, they are <laughs> going to play. Uh, they're, they are going to play a set. So that's exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Nice. So, yeah. So yeah that's good. Uh, I was just going to say they're they're going to think they're uh, going to be guests guest um, commentating on This American Life, that they're going to click our link by accident. That's right. Yeah. So, th so there's no way we can uh, tell them to take five and we have to record the next segment, right? No, <laughs> no. no blue, blue Rondo Elaturk, my friend. Blue Rondo Elaturk. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Scott, you I, are going to have to pretend just... to be hourglass. Like, I, <laughs> if anyone asks, you're hourglass. I feel like I need okay, to. Yes, I can do that. No problem. Thank you. I, think I have to throw a random like Spyro Gyra reference in here. I don't know how though. I believe in you. Well, you know, I'm pretty much sold on anything uh, that has to do with time travel, so I'm very intrigued. Yeah, I, I, I really like the premise because like it, it, it's like you know when when if you think about when you know Bill and Ted first hit the scene, or, or if you were talking about a more modern one, uh, Hot Tub Time Machine, um, you know. It's taking something that's kind of an everyday life, making it the vessel, and just making the the premise just be regular people. There's like there's there's no, you know, overarching. You know, we have to save the world. Uh, we have to keep leaping until we get back to or get back home. You know, there's none of that kind of stuff. So again, the stakes are the stakes aren't high because there are no stakes, and because of that, basically, there's, there's you don't know what might hit you next. I guess right. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that that's that's an excellent way to cover it. You, it, the the stakes are low in that sense because these aren't scientists, and but everyone hates scientists anyway, so nobody wants vaccines. So what's the point? Well, so why not why yeah. not just watch this show about um, re, um, regular folks just getting stuck back in time without the, the science background to figure it out how to, how to get back home? Well, keep in mind we now live in a world where you know the 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 uh, the victim who is in the back of an ambulance asks, are you taking me to the hospital? He says, no, we have to take you to the experts, the comment section. 
true. So, so do they try to figure out what happened to them and like where? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, no. There, there are a couple of folks who would definitely want to try and figure out what's going on, um, and and how to get back, and other folks who are just like, ah, I'm just going to deal with this now. Gotcha. So we, so we, we feel only know episodes one through th- one, like one and on, basically for this. Yeah, I would do this in order. Um, that's the only way that's going to make sense chronologically. I figured. So I guess you could go forward in time, but then you'd have to go back. Um, so I, I think, I mean, if we're going by our two-hour content max rule, you could go up to episode four, and I would recommend you do that. But if you just did one to three, I, I wouldn't. Be, I don't think you'd be disappointed either. I think this yeah, is pretty yeah. addictive. Yeah. Well, I find I find that some of the shorter form content is, like you said, it's easier to just all of a sudden, boom, the episode's done. You're like, oh, I'll watch another one. Exactly. So, okay, so the first three episodes of the first season is what we should watch? That's correct. Yep. Cool. So Love a new uh, take on uh, the time travel. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, although, although we're going to we're, we're have to take, de- 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 call, recall ourselves now about the um, time travel, okay, please podcast. So. <laughs> At this point? Yeah. I mean, we really need to get Donald P. Belisario on this show. Like, it has yes, to happen. Yeah. I think that. At this point, I don't think we we can really continue the podcast without him being on here. <laughs> we have lots of questions, Donald. We have many, so many, many questions. questions. I mean, I, I think there's, if there's anyone that could give us the meaning of life other than Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I think it probably would be him. That sounds right. Yeah. Accurate. Please go forth and waste time. Well, we tried. That brings us to the end of another episode of the Watch OK Please podcast. Please join us next week for another exercise in futility. In the meantime, please rate and review us on iTunes. Or if you didn't listen to a, to this on iTunes, please complain about us on your social media platform of choice. Good night, everybody.